going to make uh, distribute anything uh, made in China. Um, and you know, it, it, uh, if you're if you're an exporter, everybody wants access to the Chinese market. So, how much are you willing to do uh, to uh, be able to sell to all to you know hundreds and hundreds of millions of people in China? Uh, you know, uh, what are you willing to do? I think these are these are difficult business ethics questions, but people need to start wrestling with them and saying, you know, what what do we really stand for? And um, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's easy. I don't think it's anything that's going to get undone in any significant way. Um, and uh, and and honestly, I'm pessimistic that there's going to be a damn thing done about it. I would agree. I I would uh, as people. I mean, everybody knows that I I try and do two things. Uh, when when I, when I talk, especially about politicians, is uh, I, I try and I don't mind criticizing, as everybody, everybody knows. Um, and, and, but I also uh, re- really like to point out to everybody, including myself, how tough the job actually is that we're asking these people. I'm not talking about the you know representative from God knows where it goes to goes to Washington. I don't know what the hell the guy does all day or girl. Uh, but I mean, I'm talking about. I mean, one of my when I first came on the air, and we talked with Dr. J and I were on a score for God's sake years ago. Jen says, "What do you think about this China stuff?" And I said, "Jen, it it is amazingly difficult." He goes, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "This this is back when they were stealing copyrights. When that was all we thought they were doing, right?" So I mean, I said, "If, if I'm Bill Gates, who was still ahead of uh, uh, Microsoft at the time, I said, if I'm Bill Gates, I go, hey, <laughs> these bleeps have bought like 90 bazillion computers or made them." And they bought four things of software. Sure seems to me like <laughs> they're stealing my software. So I could go to the Oval Office and rant and rave for God knows how long. Or if I'm the Beatles, I'll walk in and say, hey, these guys bought one Beatle album, and all of a sudden everybody in China has got a Beatle album. i got a problem with this. And But then you, know, you say, man, i got to do something with these guys if you're the president. And all of a sudden the door walks open, and, all, and Coke was always my first. Actually, it's Pepsi, because they own, uh, they own uh, Kentucky Fried, right? I said, so Pepsi walks in, and they go, wait, wait, wait a minute. There's a billion and a half guys over there drinking a Pepsi every day. And, oh, by the way, there's more pictures of uh, the colonel in China than there are of Mao. I don't, what are you doing? Don't be clamping down on these guys. I'm making a fortune over there. So it, it is... It is milk. Yeah, it is, it is amazingly uneven, always has been. And if, and if you and I were sitting in the Oval Office at the end of the day, when we got four guys, you know, reaming, and, reaming them a new one because uh, we're, not, we're not clamping down on China, and the other five guys say, what are you doing? I'm making a fortune over there. At the end of the day, where does that leave us other than wanting a drink really bad? I mean, I, well, I mean, well let's let's go back to where does it leave us as consumers then? Because you know we we can we can control what we can control. Uh, you, do you ever do you ever pay attention to um, uh, you know where uh, uh, the content in your cell phone? Um, considering the amount of cobalt mining, which is what goes into batteries, not just for for uh, cell phones, but that's a big uh, a big chunk of the market, but also for things like electric cars. Uh, you know, are we really saving the planet with electric cars when we know that the uh, cobalt that was mined for the batteries was mined by uh, 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 child labor? Well, I mean, uh, I when we have... You know, to, it, it, uh, and slave labor to boot, is it, you know, is that where we want to be? Do, do Is there anybody here, is there anybody, uh, I'll challenge the listeners, go start reading the supplier codes of conduct before you make significant purchases. See what that company requires of its suppliers. Well, everything you buy, even even on the, the simpler stage, as Carl always talks about, we essentially have been offloading uh, 
all the all the tree huggers in this country, all the people who you can't do anything because it's it's bad for the environment. Every friggin' one of them has got the world's biggest cell phone, if not two, and, and they they must know that we that we take all this uh, what do you call it the rare earth metal met, that we mine some of them here. We ship them all to China to process because we don't want the dirt here. We we offload our our child labor and we offload, and everybody holds their nose and picks up the fifty dollar pair of blue jeans instead of the hundred dollar pair. I used to, I mean, I, I still buy stuff at Duluth Trading. They used to have a page or two in their in their uh, catalog on, on on blue jeans made here. I haven't seen them now in three years. Nobody bought them. They were fifty bu- or thirty bucks more, or twenty bucks more, whatever they were. I mean, how many times is the Google search? If you were to put in there blue jeans made or khakis made in the U.S., there'll be a few companies that come up. What do you, what percentage of of all the khakis and blue jeans sold do you think that they sell? Two percent. Yeah, it's got to. It. This this has to start somewhere, uh, and you know I, I I think each of us can look at the the part of the world that we control. Yeah, and that may be nothing outside the walls of my home. Well, um, it's but uh, I, I you know I I do think it's it, it it is just something that we we really really need to start considering, and we need to start you know wave, waving the middle finger at the at the hypocritical the most hypocritical of the companies. Uh, and, and right now, the top of my list is Coca-Cola. Well, I mean, uh, it's funny. We had the, the funeral I went to last week, and uh, is, is one of these you know, 90-year-old, big, tough Irish guys that his daughter gave the eulogy, and she says, you know, one thing about my father, it was right or wrong. There was, there was never this gray area, well, maybe we can kind of do things. It either, it either was the, the thing you wanted to do for the rest of your life and everybody around you, or it wasn't. There's this whole, he, could, he, he was a teacher and a principal, she goes, and he was pretty strict with just about everybody. But people, you know, that we saw people that were fifty when the guy was ninety, saying he was he was one of my teachers. He was the best teacher. My my grandfather, if you walked in and it didn't say Union Made, and uh, and his and something you bought for him, uh, please take it back. I'm not wearing it. I mean, uh, I mean, it, there, there, there was it was an absolute. And now what? We're, we're moral relativists, as as, as uh, Lou keeps saying, right? Well, you know, but yeah, we got to do this for that guy or this. I mean, no, some of this stuff is is I don't I don't want. I mean, I'm, I'm I don't want anybody being enslaved. I don't want anybody doing that kind of stuff for people. I don't want anybody working for way less because I'm paying off a a politician over there to to make sure they never strike and never and never form a union. I don't want any of that stuff. I, mean, I don't want anywhere, anywhere around me. I don't want any stuff that I buy. I mean, I just don't. I mean, I. And it, but have I? Does that mean I've never bought something from China? No. Matter of fact, last week I ended up buying. I didn't realize that uh, I bought one of those big, huge cast iron pots. I thought they were made here. And sure enough, it gets gets to my place and it says uh, "product of China." When, when I thought it was, they were made here. I, I would never have bought it. But well, I'm not going to take it back either. So I, mean, I don't know. I mean, you can't. Get yeah, away I, from I, I think you know it's it's what we knowingly do um, is, is a start, and uh, and then then we can take it from there. Uh, so will I knowingly uh, um, buy those? No. Will I inadvertently buy uh, buy product of China? Sometimes, yeah. I I, I don't think there's any any easy way around it. Okay, but how do we, and, uh, well, how do we swip, and we, we're, you know we started out talking about the market being in the crap all yesterday and the day before. But how how do we without? I mean, right now we've talked on a million levels with a lot of a lot of the different guests. How hard it is for startup firms to to get money vis-a-vis the big guys. We seem to love every kind of merger. Uh, we, you know, if 
Microsoft, they have the cash. If they had to borrow to buy this company, uh, the hell they buy many, uh, uh, what's the name of the place? Uh, I'll get it here in a second. They get the $68 billion deal. Uh, uh, I mean, if they had to borrow money, they could borrow it at two and a half, three percent, probably. Now, if if you and Activision. I, Activision, thanks, man. If uh, if you and I, <clears throat> and we'll take, we'll bring Maddie with us in this deal because he knows more about it. If we want to buy, uh, we want to look at something in the in the, in the supply chain, and let, let's say, I mean, I don't know, I don't think that Carter's a big China fan, really. I mean, not Carter, Jesus, I'm Floridian slip. Uh, Biden is a big. Uh, is it was a big yeah, China? Insult the Carter. Oh, geez, yeah, it was an insult to Carter. Uh, anyway, but I'm saying I, I don't, I don't know that these guys are. In other words, I, I, how do we figure out what the, our policy really is going to be going forward, vis-a-vis advantages given to China? If we say, look, this it looks like these widgets, whatever you want to call them, um, are not available from China, we should start making them here. Oh, by the way, there's an abandoned factory over there. Let's get some money, fix it up, and start making them. I mean, I don't know how we would get enough enough uh, certainty that this guy or the next president or whatever is going to say that our, our economy is in the dumper and one way we're going to get it better is to open up international trade or they'll couch it in some BS terms. We need more international trade. The problem is that we stopped international trade. That's why we're not doing so... Well, international trade, if we stop some of it, is going to hurt us economically a little bit until our people fill the void. Well, now, why don't they fill the void? Well, entrepreneurship is not exactly something we've been teaching around here for a long time. I mean, on the big scale, yeah. And yeah, I mean, Bill Gates was an entrepreneur. You can go back, but, but how many people are, are, I'm not talking about selling, selling crap on Etsy. I'm talking about actually, you know, starting a factory and making something that, Used to be made in China and now needs to be made here. I think the barriers to that and the and the uh, are, are, are really pretty heavy, Kevin. I really do, and it, and I and, and I'd like to see him not not to mention well, how, how hard would it be to uh, um, not hard? I mean, yes, obviously it would be hard. It would be challenging, but you know we've created enterprise zones as it is, uh, and and they're important to uh, getting businesses up and running and on uh, and. Uh, otherwise uh, disadvantaged neighborhoods. How hard would it be to put a focus on that uh, and say, uh, let's let's do it. Uh, you know, let's aim specifically at products that are imported. Uh, I, you know, that that seems doable. As far as entrepreneurship, yeah. If only there was a college somewhere that had an entrepreneurship program that was built totally around come in with your business idea, complete all our course week work, but also at the same time. Uh, um, you know, the whole uh, process of the uh, program would be to uh, a, finish up by, with a business that's ready to start, which, by the way, we have. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Well, let's talk about it for a break. SP Futures down 23, NDA Futures up one t- down 127. That's a great idea. Yeah, oh, yeah. We'll be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The Control Freak's Guide to Life, Money, and Probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. 
Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here. Right now. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen, just Brett Weber on the board. SP Futures down 26. NASDAQ Futures down 136, which doesn't seem horrible, but uh, yesterday, I, I have not seen a day like that in a real long time. We I'm looking at the, at the E-mini graph for the S&P, and yesterday we traded 45.94. We were up pretty strong, and we finished at 44.74, so that's 120 points down. That's a... It's a massive turnaround. And we started to get to even right around one thirty, two o'clock, and I said the guy who works with me, I said, well, you know, if this thing, pull a rug out from this, this is this could get, like, really ugly. I had no idea it was going to get that ugly. I mean, I, I didn't buy any puts or anything like that, but I'm, I don't know why I didn't, I guess. So there go, you idiot, if you, if you felt it could happen, but maybe I didn't want it to happen. I don't know. Anyway, Dow Futures down 75. For Asia, we've got Nikkei down 250. It's uh, 0.9%. Shanghai down 32.9%. Hang Seng, which has been somewhat uh, buoyant lately, uh, is up 13, which is which is uh, I call it point point one percent. But the rest of the stocks over in uh, Asia, the Korea, all those other places are all down. Uh, Europe, the DAX down 289. It's almost two percent, one point eight. These guys closed before we f- sold off here yesterday, so they're kind of catching up. Puts it down 81. That's one point one percent. Cac around down 120, one point seven. Again, as a way of review, the Dow was down 313, but it was up, had to be up to something. So it was, a, it was the turnaround. S&P closed down 50. They didn't close down as much as the S&P's futures because those things continue to trade down after 3 o'clock. NASDAQ down 186. Uh, bonds, 1.8, so it's actually down 5 basis points. The Bund down 3 basis points and minus point zero six. Their, their short-lived foray into positive territory lasted about an hour the other day. Uh, Japan, positive 0.13. Oil, down a buck twenty-seven to eighty-four twenty-four. 
Brent down a dollar twenty-one, eighty-seven seventeen. It's not much going up here today. Well, natural gas is up a dime, but it's still under four bucks at uh, three ninety. So evidently, our, our cold snap below aggravating must not be below zero, Matty. So it's not goosing the natural gas market. Our Bob down two sets, two cents, two forty-three. Gold, which has been resilient, now is coming off a little bit here, down seven fifty to eighteen thirty-five. Silver down twenty-seven cents, could not break through that twenty-five hour number, um, which I keep looking for, and it just runs up there. Looks like it's going to, and then it doesn't. Copper down seven cents, four fifty-one, and Bitcoin down forty-six hundred bucks. This is probably the, the news of the morning. The thirty-eight thousand zero one eight. Uh, that's a big move in there. It's a, it's eleven percent. So the the uh, I won't say the fake stocks are. Uh, Having trouble this morning, but I guess I just did, right, man? <laughs> just saying. What do you got for us, Trevor? Weather, sports? No, not much sports last night. Not much. 38 minutes past the hour. Good morning to everyone out there. We have one crash in the area and, and one slow-moving expressway because of that crash. That's on the Eisenhower, I-290 eastbound, just before Independence Boulevard, which is exit 26A. Uh, there's a crash that happened a few minutes ago that's causing uh, solid traffic congestion on the inbound I-290 Eisenhower uh, coming in from the west. That's our only slowdown and our only crash. No issues on the Edens and Kennedy. Stevenson looking great. Same for the south side, as is Lakeshore Drive. So we're off to a great start here on a Friday morning outside of the inbound I-290. Weather today, uh, a little bit warmer than yesterday, but we will have cloud cover, unlike yesterday, that had the sunshine but the freezing cold temperatures. Today, we'll warm up to a high of 26, which will feel nice, even though it's still well below freezing, uh, considering yesterday we were uh, in the high of, of the teens, uh, with wind chills around zero or below. Uh, right now, it's overcast and 17, going up to a cloudy high of 26. For our Phoenix listeners, sunshine with a high of 71 today. Right now it's clear and 47. In sports, the Bulls were off last night. They're at Milwaukee tonight for a 7 p.m. tip-off with the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. First time the Bulls and Bucks are playing this year. Uh, Bulls, of course, are still without Zach Levine. And then it was announced last night that Lonzo Ball will miss six to eight weeks uh, with a partially torn ligament in his knee. Yeah, they scoped him yesterday. Yep, so uh, he's not coming back anytime soon. They do have Alex Caruso back, which helps, uh, but uh, it'll be tough fun tonight in Milwaukee. Suns played last night. They beat the Mavericks 109-101. to In hockey, Blackhawks were off. They'll host the Minnesota Wild tonight at the United Center. That's a 7.30 p.m. T- uh, puck drop. Coyotes were off as well. They're in Long Island tonight to take on the Islanders. That's a 5.30 p.m. Arizona time puck drop. Uh, Coyotes versus Islanders. Lastly, college hoops number three, Arizona, blew out Stanford, eighty-five to fifty-seven. Chief, what? Um, where do you place? I actually been watching the Bulls a little bit lately, and uh, as they, they've worked their way through like the really the best teams, where where do you put uh, Brooklyn, Philly, Memphis, Cleveland Bulls? How do you? I don't think the Bulls belong in that group actually, but but they. They're resilient. They keep playing hard. Well, I think the, the Bulls at full strength against those teams at full strength, uh, you know, and you put Milwaukee in there as well. Oh, yeah, Milwaukee, sorry. Um, but uh, I think the Bulls are certainly a top three or four team in the Eastern Conference. You know, are they better than Brooklyn with both teams full strength? Are they better than Milwaukee with both teams full strength? Are they better than Philadelphia with both teams full strength? I don't know. I think they could, it would be a good series that could go six or seven games, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Bulls won. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost. But they're definitely in that conversation. 
Um, what do you think of Memphis? I, well, Memphis I was is in the West. Those guys. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. They're, they're in the, the West, West, but they're Memphis is really good. Yeah, the John Morant. How did Memphis get to be in the West? Just out of curiosity. Because they were originally the Vancouver Grizzlies. Ah, oh, okay. Right. And then they moved to Memphis, and they remained in the Western Conference. That would explain it. Okay. But, uh, yeah, the uh, the Grizzlies uh, have been a well-run organization ever since their inception, really. And uh, they had a good run for about six or seven years with uh, Mike Conley out of Ohio State and uh, Mark Gasol, Paul Gasol's younger brother, and uh, Zach Randolph. Who Didn't went they have ma- that big, huge center for a while, too, the guy that was like... They call him Mountain Man or something. The guy. Well, way back when they were Vancouver, they had Bryant Reeves, Big yeah. Country. Yeah, Big Country. He never really panned out in the NBA, but uh, but he had he was a great college player at Oklahoma State. Uh, but uh, but they never really did anything in Vancouver. But w- ever since they moved to Memphis, they had they had a good five or six year run with that core of of Conley, Zach Randolph, and Marcus Saul. And then the, and you know they never won anything, but they you know had some deep playoff runs, and they were always a competitive you know solid team. And then they rebuilt it from there, and uh, they had the number two pick a couple of years ago, and uh, the Pelicans had number one, and they went with Zion Williamson, which was pretty much the consensus number one pick. And as talented as he is, he's just been injured the whole time and hasn't really played a lot. And they had the number two pick and went with John Morant out of Murray State, uh, who just exploded onto the scene in the NCAA tournament that year. And uh, that guy is just unbelievable. He's be- All of a sudden, he's, he's a top eight or ten player in the entire NBA and they've built around them with some solid, you know, draft picks and a couple of, you know, minor free agent signings, but it's pretty much him. And they have a good coach and and they're just scrappy. And I mean they started off the season something like very un- very unselfish. Oh yeah. You know. They start off the season like nine and ten or something like that. And then ever since then they're playing like twenty games above five hundred ball. And uh and really just just playing, you know, terrific. I and never thought I'd see I bet I'd enjoy watching the NBA again. These guys play defense. They, they they pass the ball. It's it's not just first guy over half court shoots like the playground. Well, I love the NBA. I always have. It's just uh, the last several years, it's been really difficult to watch because the Bulls have been so bad. Uh, and it's you know if you don't have a dog in the fight, I don't care what sport you're watching. It's it's hard to watch. If when the Cubs are really bad, uh, you know you won't you probably won't catch me just sitting and watching a Brewers versus Pirates game. Yeah. But if the Cubs are really good and there's a a reason to watch, or the White Sox are really good, there's a reason to watch. I will. I feel the same about the the Bulls, but the the product itself on the floor to me is as good as it's ever been. I mean. The uh, I I feel like they they have a good balance of allowing guys to play again, so there's some defense, but but it's not as rugged as it was in the 80s and 90s where there was no offense, and it, there's a lot of really good young likable players, and then you still have some of the older guys like LeBron and Kevin Durant who at at advanced ages are still playing at a really high level. It's it's really good, and the the players have just gotten so good. I mean, oh, yeah. seven footers now can consistently make outside jump shots. Guys are super athletic. Guys make their free throws. I mean, it's 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 just a really good product right now, in my opinion. I would I would I would agree. I they definitely are. They do degrade every game when somebody gets behind. You still get patches where you're down ten. So in order to catch up, you wing up threes and you miss five threes in a row, and you're down twenty five, and the game's over. You still see that once in a while. Oh, yeah. not, not two or three years ago, it was like you saw that every night. Well, I think that's just happened in basketball in general. Uh, just ever since the three-point line's been instituted, it, that's obviously the quickest way to make up ground. But it's also a, a lower percentage shot. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you're not making them, then you can your your ten-point deficit can can balloon to twenty real quick. Well, and you go through stretches. And, and where, if you do yeah. miss them, you know, is uh, I, I 
say, oh, I don't know, about once a week, uh, basketball is ugly when you can't shoot. Oh, it's awful. You know? well, yeah. If, 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 you, if you have a bad shooting night or if you're rushing your shots trying to get caught back in the game, you're just going to make it worse and you're ugly and up the game. Well, Kevin, you were mentioned before the break that, you know, it, it's that's why I, I love having this discussion with you because you, the school you're, you're teaching, not just teaching, you're a big shot at, uh, the, uh, sure. well, you know, reasonable, you're, you're, you know, big fish in the puddle over there. The, uh, you're, you're trying to teach stuff that, that companies, a lot of them used to do themselves, and a lot of it was just part of the American, the American way of life. I mean, people took, you know, wood shop, not, not that, not that everyone wants to work with. We, you took wood shop in, in high school or college. I never did. I mean, we didn't, I mean, I should have. I wish I did. Uh, but it seems like now we, we've, we've off this stuff over a period of years and years. We've offed stuff, you know, put stuff offshores offshore and uh now all of a sudden we're saying but but, but the skill levels the the financing levels the the banks that focus on on a startup uh you know manufacturing there's still a few around but it's not as much in the in the in the vernacular as I mean you you, you go around the south side if you take the even the even the uh orange line to midway you're going to go through basically the the backyard of of a stretch on western avenue Every single one of those buildings, I'm not saying we want manufacturing back in all these places, but the point is every single one of those buildings used to produce something. So there were people who serviced them. There were people who, uh, you know, lent them money. There were people who did their payroll. There were, there were, there were bars around there to cash to check. I mean, that whole, inf- that whole infrastructure is gone. I mean, and you know what? If if you were to come over where I live and I, I were to take an afternoon and just drive you around the area, your jaw would drop at the number of manufacturing warehousing operations that are up and running over here. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it absolutely would. I think I, I, I may have mentioned this a long time ago. I was, you know, just driving to work, at you know, down two main roads. Uh, I, I counted, you know, mid fifties of, uh, uh, of warehouse or, or manufacturing type of operations, small ones. Um, and and that's not even getting off the beaten path. If if you were to go down to Goshen, where they have a big park full of uh, manufacturers, uh, you know that would be a lot. And that didn't count. You know, if you drive up uh, US 31 from South Bend to uh, into to Michigan, the number of warehousing operations—they're just building warehouses for distribution uh, up along there because people are moving in like crazy, and they don't want to wait. When someone says, "I want to move up." Set up an operation over there. They want to be up and running in sixty days or less. So, they, you know, they're they're just saying, "Hey, we'll subdivide this warehouse space for you." Kevin, yeah, who does all the here. financing? Are there a couple of banks that specialize in that over there, or what? Uh, there, there are some, but it's also you know the usual suspects. The um, you know the uh, uh, the uh, nationwide banks are doing some of that. So that's that's where the financing is. But you know, it, it, so a couple of things I want to mention. One is, and Carl can talk about this when he gets on too. But he he had a couple of tweets that really get to the crux of the matter. That you know, we are so intertwined. You know, this stuff is so entrenched. Um, what happens when you're dependent uh, uh, dependent on a, a long line supply chain? And then what happens when it gets cut off? Remember on Wednesday, I, I mentioned that, uh, you know, sort of the standard MO for the uh, CCP was to go in and finance in third world countries, finance infrastructure development, and then take it over when they can't pay for it. Well, 
you know, it's it, we're we're just they have their claws into the U.S. just as much because uh, you know it may not be the same direct formal financing, but they have total control over so much of the uh, of various supply chains. And as Carl said, what happens if they cut that off? They've got leverage, um, and uh, and so you know you, you have these issues. Now, you know, we mentioned, okay, so how, you know, how do you start dealing with it? Well, one of the cool things is that uh, Ivy Tech announced um, a, uh, a new uh, entrepreneurship program, um, it, and it's in conjunction with a regional uh, outfit called RISE, um, regional, regional Innovation and Startup Education, uh, and uh, we have an entrepreneurship program that is really built, uh, that is there for people with an idea or maybe already has a business started and wants to, wants to develop it. Um, but this is not something, you know, it's community college, but a lot of the people who go, who uh, get into this program already, they already have degrees. They may even have work experience. Um, but they come back because this is all built around saying you come in, you have a business idea, and when you walk out, that idea is fully developed and ready to go. And I, I think uh, out of the uh, fall group, we had like seven out of eight started up their businesses right away, um, and and we're, they were ready to go, and the next one is in the process. And this is just going to grow, and it's going to grow statewide. And, the, you know, the whole idea is that, uh, you know, not only do you get into uh, – uh, stuff that's very specific to entrepreneurship, but also things like business law, financial management, some marketing basics, the kinds of things that a lot of startup businesses, uh, expertise startup businesses don't have. Um, and so it's, you know, it's really aimed at, uh, at you know, uh, kind of building a grassroots uh, uh, startup culture in the state of Indiana. Um, Kevin, when Obviously, the, the the thing we would all like to have happen <clears throat> is not to get rid of trade with China, it's for China to be, to be to straighten their ass out. And I, I, I wonder, you know, the, the, when, you, when you start talking about hatred to that degree, why they you know, can't wait to totally mess with Muslims and slave labor and stuff, it's not so much for me, and I, and I go back to, I, I use a, a, a Nazi, uh, you know, example, and that when you think about it, Hitler obviously had... You know all kinds of of, uh, of hatred for Jewish. It wasn't just Jewish people. It was anybody from really Eastern Europe? He hated gypsies. He, hated, he had a long list of people he hated, right? But he also wanted to conquer the world. And and it's it's it was it's all it's amazing to me. The more I read about that era and about the people involved, is you you knew that your manufacturing was not as good as somebody else's. By the way, your country wasn't as big as all the other countries combined. Yet you couldn't wait to use all your resources or a real significant portion of them to basically screw with six million people who probably were very happy working for you, living there, and maybe even fighting for you. I mean, not, not just the hatred is is uh, it's it's the stupidity that the hatred causes. Now, wouldn't China be much better off leaving these people alone and and actually having paying some wages so your middle class grows a little bit? And not having the guys up top steal all the money off for the guys up top, I'm sure it's not good, it's good for them. It, it is really, it's, it's dumb business on top of being hateful. And that, you know, those guys come to school here. They're all educated here. Sh- shouldn't they know that? I mean, even if, even if you absolutely hate the Muslim pe- people, 
leave them alone. They're, they're, work, they're working for you, for God's sake. I mean, what, what am I missing here? Well, I, I don't know what you're missing, but that, you know, their intention is basically to uh, um, to rule the world. So, you know, I, I don't know. What do you do with that mindset? I just never thought I'd see it again. I mean, uh, I mean, the more you, I mean, I, I don't know. I think, I think uh, if Hitler would have had six million people, I mean, they, used to, they used to take trains that were soldiers, putting them to where they need them, and, and confiscate the trains and take people to concentration camps. When the, when the people that are going there were probably even happy to work for you. I, it, the, the, the stupidity on top of the hatred, I don't know how, how you can even add the two together. I mean, and now the Chinese looking like they're going down the same rat hole. That, well, when you had uh, uh, Kuzat Alte on, uh, on from the, uh, to talk about the situation, you know, what did he say? What's the mat- nature of the bee? The nature of the bee is to sting. Yeah. Um, what is the nature of the Chinese Communist Party? It's to kill. It's it's what they do. So you know, in, uh, his his look at that was not to try and explain it or anything else, and to just say that's who they are. That's what they are. But their their, their kids they've been around a long time. Their kids love having money. The kids love having nice cars. They're they're they can't be as into this as these old guys are. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be better? Well, maybe just... that's what'll change it. Uh, but on the other hand, if you have them completely cowed, and uh, uh, and by that, uh, so that by, by the time they're uh, um, you know grown up, uh, you know, I, I, there's a, a blogger I follow a lot, and and she writes about her time through her teen years in Russia and how you know just how browbeaten people were. Um, it, it, you know that it. it it, it, it's it, it's awesome to to read about it in a way, but it's it, it's incredible to read about it too because um, it, it's just the the smoke blown at them uh, just becomes a way of life. It's not it's it's not something that uh, you know. Here we're gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna spend the year making you behave a certain way. It's they spend your lifetime making you think and behave a certain way, and it's pretty hard to undo that. Um. Yeah. Yes. But. Uh... So uh look, look, look at it this way how many how many people you know I I had uh, I, I don't want to get too specific on this I had a, a situation just yesterday where someone is saying uh well you you had covid which I did last week by the way um saying you you had covid and um, uh, I'm out of quarantine now and uh and and um, you know, totally, uh, totally healthy. I feel good. A little bit of lingering cough, and that's it. And uh, you know, I, I want you to uh, wear one of those uh, paper surgical masks, those blue things that people wear all the time. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, why? Because people have been so browbeaten in the mask, 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 mask for two years, and now the CDC says, that, well, they don't work, <laughs> and they still can't let it go. No, still can't um, let it go. You know, it's it it, it doesn't take long. To just browbeat somebody into a way of thinking that is not rational at all. I still see people driving a car by themselves with a cloth mask. Hey, we let yeah, you go. They're, you, they're just nuts. Matty, you, you, you know, what, I, I call him COVID minis now. Who do we like this weekend? <laughs> you, you, uh, you football, I don't know which. Uh, um, I, 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 I don't know who's going to win, but I really like San Francisco because they're playing the uh, the bleeping Packers. I hate to say Packers without an adjective in front of it, but. They're the only the team in the, country, in the in the world that the, the, the charity owns them, and you don't like them. <laughs> I'm with Kevin. I think that game is is really intriguing because 
Green Bay is really good, but San Francisco just plays such a unique style. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they went and 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 not only played them tough, but actually won that game. How horrible is what weather supposed to be? Well, it's 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 a seven fifteen p.m. kickoff uh, tomorrow night, so I can't imagine it's going to be warm. But it's not going to be like twenty below. It'd be. But on the other hand, what San Francisco does is run the ball. Yep, they do, and uh, so that that is uh, that that translates to uh, bad weather pretty well. And uh, uh, Green Bay doesn't stop the run all that well, uh, so that uh, so I think there's a chance. And I, I, I would also say, watch San Francisco. San Francisco has, you know, they have interesting ways of blocking things. Um, they they really have, uh, you know, a, a very uh, innovative running attack um, by NFL standards because they're doing things that nobody else does. Well, what the, well the, there's there's. Uh Four games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, and all four matchups, in my opinion, are terrific. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't good. be surprised if all four games are close. I wouldn't be surprised if the underdog won all four games, and I wouldn't be surprised if the favorite won all four games. But you have Cincinnati at Tennessee. Who do you like there? I I think Tennessee is really good. I actually, even though they're the one seed, I still think for some reason they're underrated. And they're supposedly getting Derrick Henry back, the the star running back who's been out for the last couple months. Well, he's a he's a train, that guy. Yeah, and if he's anywhere near to himself, I think it, you know they're going to have home field advantage. The way they run the ball and play defense, I think they're really scary. I think they could win the AFC, even though no one's really talking about them as the one seed. But Cincinnati has you know great young talent, and they could easily compete. Is that all drafted for many of those guys? They, it's the NFL; everyone's drafted. But I mean, they they didn't they didn't sign a whole bunch of free agents or anything like that. No, no, no team does except the Bears on, oh, yeah. de- on defense. Uh, the uh, second game is Niners at Packers. We talked about that. Then Sunday. You have the Rams, who are the trendy uh, Super Bowl pick, and they're a team that's mostly free agents, by the way, uh, at Tampa Bay, the defending champions. So, you know, that could that game I wouldn't be surprised either I way. i got to watch that for sure. And then the nightcap is uh, the Bills at the Chiefs. And the Chiefs, uh, you know, obviously have been in the last two Super Bowls, winning one of them, and have the best player in the world, probably, in Patrick Mahomes. But then you have Josh Allen and the Bills, who are playing as good as anyone right now, who just beat the Patriots by 30. And, I mean, it's just... That's the two best offensive shows in football. Absolutely. And uh, that's the, the, the headliner on Sunday. So the, I think all four games are awesome on paper. Is there you also it? have the, the Bills who have candidates for uh, uh, Bears jobs. Right, yeah. Wait a minute. I, I, I had to tell him yesterday I wasn't interested. Everybody's a candidate. <laughs> Well, everybody is a candidate, but uh, uh, but I would imagine that the offensive coordinator, especially, is kind of an inter- considered an interesting choice. In that we just he, had an offensive uh, coordinator. He uh, is the guy who's developed Josh Allen, and Josh Allen wasn't uh, a big splash right off the bat. It took him a couple of years to get it together, so there was a development process involved there. Wait, 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 wait. wait and wait, wait, weird, wait. they designed their offense around his skill set. What a what a novel idea. Didn't we just get it off? That's crazy talk. Whereas Nagy would never design a scheme around a quarterback that can run and throw. He he expects everyone to do his scheme and adapt to that as opposed to adapting. I thought he was the guy who developed Mahomes. He didn't. He didn't develop any. He wasn't even like uh, the when he was there. I think he had what one year with Mahomes. Yeah, wasn't that one year with Mahomes on the bench? But wasn't that his shtick? An offensive coordinator knows how to develop quarterbacks. Isn't that, wasn't that the hype? Well, that, no, I don't know if that was his shtick. That was the hope. It was, okay. The hype was he called plays, uh, which Andy Reid really sort of called. 
for a couple years as the offensive coordinator. God. Yeah, I mean, you know, Nagy could have been good in, in another world, but he, you know, in addition to some, you know, tactical stubbornness as much as anything, but tactical issues, um, he he did have some real issues about, uh, you know, uh, normal leadership. The typical kind of stuff that a first-time uh, first-time manager of any kind makes. And, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't unusual. Unfortunately, he didn't have anybody to mentor him on that. So, uh, you know, it, it's, every time you hire a first-time head coach, you really should have a general manager who can uh, who can sort of see him through things. Yeah, well, you, it's a it's a two-person job, and if one of them is not very good, the other one's hard. It's hard for the other one to be very good. You know, why don't you guys? Yeah. So I don't think Nagy's general manager did him any favors, and I don't think Mag, Nagy did himself a lot of favors either. Uh, why don't you two guys learn in this in this new world? You should be putting out now, Manny, who knows how to do this. You should be not just tweeting out, but a press release, everything that he has uh, turned down uh, request for interview, and he tested negative for COVID, like everybody else is doing. <laughs> just to say you're out cool. there. I'm removing my name from consideration for the Bears general manager. Yeah, and, removing my name from consideration. And you Not until your hand. boss gives you a raise first, though. Yeah. <laughs> just like, you know, some guy that, you know, the under-senator under in, in North Dakota just tested positive for COVID. Who the hell, who, why do I care? Who's he? But, but, you get, but it's, a, it's a thing, though. you got to say you test it. You guys, you know, I, I, I got I to work with you two dudes. Well, I, I, I did test, and I tested positive. So. <laughs> SP Futures down and 27. I'm done now. I'm done. It's in my rearview mirror. I'm, I'm with you. And SP Futures down 27. Nancy, he's down 144. We're not exactly bouncing here. Uh, the bite of dippers are, uh, are a little slow this morning. We'll be right back, Mr. Carl Denninger. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Hear ye, hear ye! 
The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Something happening here. Hello, Stacks Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. Schmidt Weber on the board. SP Futures down 26. NASDAQ Futures down 139. Dow Futures down 129. I'm looking at the headline on uh, CNBC here, and they talk about uh, futures being mixed. What the hell is mixed? One's down 1%, and the other one's only down 0.4%. Then I'm, I got the other TV going here, ESPN. Matt Weber removes himself from consideration for Bear Catch coaching job. <laughs> Carl Denninger says he would entertain an interview if asked. <laughs> well, there you go. You know, I, I I have to admit, mixed is rather interesting. It, it seems to be all red on my screen. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know where the mix is. Oh, there, there's something up the VIX. Well, I guess that doesn't count, does it? Well, okay. <laughs> hey, uh, is yesterday about as, as, as bad of a smack in the nose the bite of dippers have gotten in years? Yeah, and you know, it's it was an interesting... The, the way it kind of collapsed in the last hour or so got rather interesting, too, because that, that implies that somebody knows something. And um, the other thing that was, that's interesting about it is it wasn't just there. It was it also showed up in cryptos, and it, it's it's a leverage takedown. Yeah. I, uh, how much of it is, uh, in your opinion, Carl, because I think, you know, for, for a guy who didn't stand on the trading floor, you, you don't know a lot about this, and I, I respect that. Uh how much of what happened yesterday is is sort of fabric of market stuff, where they're just the way we have you know a few people providing uh, liquidity, or whatever the hell they want to call it. The the amount of standing orders in the business has to be uh, way way less than it, than it used to be. Especially, I mean, I I can't even imagine what it would be like on a sell off like yesterday to try and sell you know a hundred rain minis or something. I mean, uh, they don't even trade the big spoos anymore, do they? I don't think I think it's all the minis now. Uh, but I don't, you know, I mean, I, I don't think there's, I don't think that there's a lot of standing orders like when you had the New York Stock Exchange board order book. I mean, I, the stuff's all over these different exchanges. People can front run the stuff. People can trade ahead of the offer and a bid. Why the hell would you ever have an offer or a bid in there? I mean, I think the fabric of the market is, is not so hot, which it contributes a little bit to a turn like yesterday. It doesn't mean people, there weren't more sellers than buyers. There clearly were. I just think it's real easy to just just pull the bids because there, because there's not a whole lot of bids there. Just just generally, I don't think the oral offers for that matter. Yeah, you know it's interesting because I, uh, you know, I, I watch the stack, the bid offer stack on the minis all time, and I have noticed that in the last five to ten years, the depth has essentially disappeared. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, and so and and that's a problem because you know, but that's that's what happens when everything is driven by a computer and it can you know it can appear or disappear in you know in a, in a millisecond. And yet, there's nothing really standing out there saying, "Well, you know, I I want this at this price." Okay, I mean that's a, you know I I still do it. I you know, I I I want to buy some puts on something, or I want to buy some calls on something, or I want to you know I want to buy or sell a stock. I'll pick a limit order out there. You know. It, it's it's you know the time enforces day and there you are and if it gets hit it gets hit and if it doesn't well you know it doesn't that's that's what I was willing to pay for it and that's the end of the conversation but it, but how many I mean 
among the guys that are doing this on a you know, on an all the time basis, especially on an institutional basis, I don't think that happens anymore. Uh, it, it, do, it does. Uh, well, it, it does for for us. I mean, for us, but I don't think Carl, there can't be. I don't know how many people left in the world that do what I do in spreads and things like that for people and you know option spreads. And, but I mean, it's if you have uh, um, a, a situation where you know you you might be you know long some long some uh, puts or something. You you can put a, a buy in on a stack below because it, it, it's a it's a you know it's a profit covering play. It's not, but the idea that that you would you know you I want to buy uh, the E minis down uh, you know they're down twenty four down twenty seven. I'll just buy ten of them. I mean I know in this in this market the only way I'm getting filled is if they're going to be lower in a second. I mean they, right. I, they they may recover. But just a little bit of a history on this, and I don't really want to do a whole thing because way more better stuff to talk about with Carl. The specialist system had its had its had its warts, okay. Uh, but the bottom line was it wasn't just the system, the specialist, and whether he should have been a monopolist or whatever. But but the the public had had a central spot where if IBM, I, I, I'll go back to to show how old I am. I'm going to go back to the eighth and quarters. If IBM is trading one one thirty and an eighth, there might be. Uh, five thousand shares bid for at one thirty. There might be ten thousand at one twenty nine and seven A's. There was there was a, an order book going out each side. It was virtually all customer orders, right? Carl, I mean, it was and the, and the customers were fairly. There, there was there were a lot of gentlemen's rules on that stuff. So say it it's bids trades one thirty and an eighth. It's it's one thirty bid at one thirty and a quarter. Well, if somebody came in to buy a gazillion shares. And, and said, okay, what, what do I, if I want to buy, you know, 20,000 shares, where do I got to go? Specialist might take some of it. He's going to say, you got to pay 130 and a half or something like that, or 130 and three eighths. Well, the people who were offered it an eighth or a quarter, they got taken out at a half or three eighths. They didn't, they didn't run over them at the eighth and the second they did it, their quarter bid. Right, Carl? Right. I mean, there was, there was a certain, there, there were certain, uh, I use the term honor among thieves. I mean, I, and the OEX guys would come in, even if they were Morgan Stanley, I mean, if they were big firms, they'd come in and they'd go, you know, you know, fifties, where are they? And I'll go, you know, whatever, I'm two to a quarter, or two to an eighth. No one was ever a quarter wide in there. And they'll say, I need to buy like 400. I said, well, I only got 50. And the guy goes, why don't we, let's do them all at three sixteenths, do your 50 at three sixteenths. And they, they wouldn't, it wouldn't run over you. But now, they run right over you, right? I mean, if, 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 if you're, if you're at, at 10 cents, and all of a sudden you're taken, it comes out 20 cents bid, you'll never, you're never gonna get filled at 20 cents, and nobody has any, nobody has any morals whatsoever about being 20 cent bid and running over the guy at 10 cents, right? It's a lot Oh yeah, no, they don't count. Well, but the, the other thing is that they don't face them across the floor all day long either. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's a little different, if you, if you think about it, the way things, you know, it, it used to be. You guys, uh, you know, in Chicago, Board of Trade, guys all went to the bar and drank together after you got done. Well, and if, and if I, mean, Milton, I remember somebody asked him, Milton Friedman in class, this question, what do you think of uh, all this insider trading stuff? He goes, it's useless. These guys, you're never going to catch these guys. He goes, you're, you're, you're uh, let the system discipline itself. You're not going to have a bunch of SEC people running and chasing it down. They're, they're all ahead of them. Duh. They're all ahead of them. And, uh, because if, if, if every, si- if every single month that I, or quarter IBM's earnings came out and you're in your IBM pit and Matty Weber goes trudging in there with a the, thousand lot to buy or sell or some call and it appears after, after three times like this, the first time you're going to get caught, 
the second guy you're going to say, I, I only see this one broker once every quarter, and he comes in, he seems right. I mean, at some point, the guy might end up with a fist on the end of his nose. I'm not saying that that's the right way to do business, but you're, the, the, for the second time, somebody's going to say, not me. Obviously, wh- whoever, whoever your guy is with that order seems to know something we're not trading with you. I mean, you, that, there, there was a discipline in the system, but electronically there isn't. Well, that's right, because you never see it. And, and, and you know, like I said, there's a, and this is generally, this is part of what's happened in society with social media and, you know, and the internet and everything else. And I, all right, I was a part of that. I was part of making that happen. But people will say things to you that they would never say to you sitting across a bar stool. No. Oh, yeah, not at all. And, uh, and, you, and, and you know, weird part is once in a while they actually do come out of their hole and do say it to somebody. It's, it's, it sounds so weird, doesn't it? I mean, people are. Well, yeah. Anyway, so what, uh, what what we're talking about? Uh, I'm looking at Netflix here. The thing's trading four ten. Well, three months ago it was seven oh one. Yep. Um, we're seeing some real healthy, healthy, uh, healthy is synonymous with big, not in not in uh, healthy and is, is meaning you're not sick. Uh, we we got to be getting into some margin problems somewhere along the line here. I mean, there's got to be some issues. Well, why don't you take a look at Amazon? It was trading thirty seven hundred. Uh, you know, now it's trading three thousand. Yeah, and I have uh that's, that's a heck of a whack, and and you know and they got hit pretty good yesterday. Or if you want a you want a real nightmare chart, take a look at Moderna. Yeah, what, what is what is is the vaccine just a one trick pony for those guys, or do they do anything else? Well, they had nothing else, and that's and the thing. I mean, I you know I, I pick myself. I I, uh, I had some puts on those guys that were due to expire today, and. uh and got out of them in front of the Supreme Court announcement because I did not trust those blankety blanks at a nice little profit. Well, <laughs> that would have not been a nice little profit. It would have been a monster if I'd held on to them. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, this is the one time. I mean, I talk about talk about ragging about something that is never going to change. It appears, Carl. When, when out of all the stuff that you hear about coming out of Washington, right, left, center, upside down. When is somebody going to raise this three thousand dollar capital capital gains limitation on losses against your ordinary income? It's been I'll the probably same. never because it's a it's a captive way to essentially lock up losses and keep you from getting any kind of tax benefit from them. I uh, for, for for what I, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not you know. It's it's nice the next year when you have a, a very large gain and don't pay taxes on it for a while, right? But but the thing is, is that shouldn't this be equal both ways? If I got to pay taxes on all gain right now, why don't I get to take losses right now? Um, I'm I'm with you. I, I don't I don't know it should be, that. I don't know I don't I don't know if I want to fight the battle countrywide. Of course, I'm not in a position to do it. As to whether it should be infinite. <laughs> but but I do know it shouldn't be the same number as when the Dow was eight hundred when I started the business. Maybe. Well, I don't see any particular reason to 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 prohibit somebody from using it all the way to you know to their first dollar of uh, of income. I mean, it, if you think about it, Chief, that really doesn't help the person, okay? Because we have a graduated income tax, okay? So you know you pay a lot less on your you know first. Thirty thousand dollars worth of income that you do on your, you know, your last two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying that if even if whoever had the logic in the first place, which you obviously don't agree with, and I'm going to say I'm on your side on this, 
even if even if you subscribe to that logic, if the number was proper at three thousand, was it, when the Dow was at eight hundred, it should be a hell of a lot bigger than three thousand right now. Even if there's going to be a limit, the limit should be bigger. I, mean, I think we can both agree on that. We, we, the, oh, next, yeah. the next conversation is: should there be a limit at all? And I'm probably with you on that. Okay, but I'm saying the number should be because what happens here is, is let's say for instance. Netflix used to be 400 at some point. So somebody buys it at 400, 409.87 where it is right now, down 98 bucks by the way. Somebody buys it there and they sell it at 710. Well, you don't, you don't sell to the market. You don't sell to a machine. You sell to a person. To a person. Right. So, okay, so you, you, you were smart enough to buy it at 409, sold it at 710 to somebody. The somebody buys your 100 shares and now it's down at 409 and he goes, what the bleep over? So he pukes it out at 409. Well, there's somebody made 300 and the other guy lost 300. Well, the 300 guy making is going to pay capital gains tax on 300 and the 300 guy losing gets to take off 3,000 bucks. That's a great deal for government, but why we as citizens ever put up with that, I have no idea. Now you can, if provided, if, if you dip your toe back in the water and you, and you make a bunch of money next year, you can carry it forward. Or, if, if you made a bunch of money last year, you can carry it back. But if that's the only trade you ever do, you better live for about 400 years to take, to take, to take your 3,000 a year off, right, Carl? Oh, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing is that if you, you know, if you ever go out of the, and, you know, let's face it, how many people do have exactly that kind of a thing happen? They get into this, you know, they get into this game, they trade, and they blow themselves up. Yeah, and they have a and they have a large carry forward loss that they will never ever consume with their ordinary income. At three thousand a year, yeah, I mean it's you got to live a right, while. Three thousand a year, you better live to be a you know better live to be two hundred and fifty. Yeah, and I don't think it ever goes. You know, now we're, we're talking about if you if you have money, if you have a, if you bought IBM at ten or something, God knows when you did that. And you croak, and it's at one thirty. You can give it to your kid, and or anybody for that matter. But I think, it's, and and their basis becomes one thirty. So, yeah, so no, you get a stepped up basis on death. So nobody ever pays tax on the one twenty in gain. Now whether you should or you should not, but nobody ever pays for that. However, I think if somebody croaks with a hundred grand worth of capital loss uh, on their on their uh, left on their whatever last. Uh, tax bill. Well, it just goes poof. It just goes poof. Right. Now, how, how is that fair? <laughs> I mean, really? Why can't that go to your kid, for God's sake? Well, you know, there's there, nobody ever said the tax code was designed to be fair to the people who were paying the taxes, right? Well, uh, in theory, we're electing the bumps who do it, but uh, that doesn't work out so hard, does In theory, no one's always Okay, that. well, you know, in, in theory, we're supposed to have antitrust law that says that all of this this edifice that we built up around the healthcare system is illegal. It's a felony. You're supposed to do ten years in the in the slam slam with Bubba as a roommate, and uh, and, and somehow that never seems to happen either. It's been to the Supreme Court twice in the late 1970s and early 80s. Uh, by my math, it's been 40 years, and they've never busted anybody. No, and and probably won't. Well, they'll, they'll with insider trading. They'll find somebody. By the, by the way, I, you know, I hate the rag on. Uh, Carl, if, if you worked for me, you'd find me the world's softest boss. You know, I mean, I, I hate firing people. I mean, I just, 
I'm just, I'm just not that kind of guy. I don't. I mean, I you know, I, mean, I think you're probably way better as a boss than I would be or am. Uh, but I, I, I watched the who's the lady who's the head of the FTC, attractive, well spoken, and uh, the she comes on the other day to talk about antitrust, and sure. the first thing she says, and, and for the next ten minutes, all she kept saying is, "Well, you realize we're understaffed." You know, if she worked for me, I mean, you can't paddle anybody anymore, nor would I anyway. I'd have to fire her. I mean, that's that's not the message I want you giving on national TV in that job, that you don't have enough resources to do the job I asked you to do. It, it may, in fact, if you want to have a private conversation about, I used to have, the, the department used to have 10 cases, but because of your stepped-up concerns about antitrust, the next year we're going to have 20 cases, you better slip me a body or two. I'm I'm more than willing to have that discussion, but right. I, I don't want anybody w- going in front of people that just elected me saying that you don't have the resources to do your job, therefore you're not going to do it. I mean, that is not the message I want you conveying. Get me? <laughs> I mean, are, am I clear on that? I mean, what do I need to do? Fire your ass? I, I mean, I that's an, that's an incredible to me. And every, all these people in, in government, that's all they do. Oh no, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. Well, you know what? Well, you know what? Nobody. It, that's that's one of the big problems though, that we have is that when you get down to it, it's it's simply this: we have we have a monster, um, and you know this ties into what you were talking about earlier with you know with supply lines and you know China's slave labor and you know the, the way that they uh, their mentality is just not the same as ours. Sorry, it isn't. Um, that's just. I mean, that's not a secret. That's that's just who they are and yet when you think about all the cash flow that goes through there and and, and you know I've been pointing this out now for oh Jesus it was in the 1990s I started talking about it because I saw it in my own company that this this nonsense that goes on with Medicare and Medicaid was going to eat the federal budget and it was going to blow up the United States and it was going to get the private employers it was going to get the public side it was it was going to get everything and now what you've had happen with a, you know, we had a nasty virus that came to town and set up shop and started, uh, you know, playing hell with, with people's lives. Okay. Um, that's all nice and well. But we still, in the first four months of this year, for, I'm sorry, first three months of this year, because the latest MTS is out for December, first three f- months of the fiscal, 33%, one-third of all money that the federal government was spent was spent at the direction of and at the sufferance of one person in the federal government. And it's an unelected person. It is the head of HHS. Yeah. I, uh... I mean, you know, it, it, you think about you think about the craziness of the amount of money we're talking about here. Okay, I mean, this is, this is going to be a third of all the money the federal government spends, and there's one person that pushes that button or says no. And that's and that was the the whole essence of the argument with the mandates for CMS when it comes to the jabs. All right, the the you know the states are well you know we didn't know we were signing up. yes you did know you were signing up for this it's right there in the law why didn't you say no at the time oh well we could have never figured out it would have been this well guess what you liked it you you thought it was lovely when a third of all federal spending ended up in your states either in your hospitals or in your Medicaid funds. Okay, I mean, you're, you know, four or five trillion dollars, a third of that 
ends up in the state coffers, and now you're complaining about it, but you didn't complain about it two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, ten years ago. When, um, and, and obviously, Carl, you've been on the show long enough to know that I'm not exactly Mr. Law and Order, and I'm not exactly wanting to arrest everybody and, and let them hang in from the highest yard arm. I mean, it's not my personality, but I, I listened to some of the stuff, the, the larceny that is going on. I mean, how if we actually, well, at least the last two presidents don't keep saying we're at a war all the time like they used to. Well, if we're at war, how does stealing from the federal government become a national sport? In the last week, and I have a chance to tell you this, uh, I, well, there's a, a couple of things, a few things have come to mind. I've been out to, um, had some, uh, uh, adult beverages with a few different sets of people, and, uh, you learn a hell of a lot from, uh, lawyers, judges, and just regular people. One lady, I don't know if I mentioned last week, I went to a funeral from her, uh, her dad, and the guy was in the hospital, and he was, you know, he's been sick for a while. I'll tell you what, the toughest old bird, he just wouldn't go. I mean, uh, they don't make him like that anymore, but he ended up where he was supposed to be, you know, he, they want, he was in hospice. He wasn't coming out. They, so they, they somehow, I don't know if they infected him on purpose or what, but he ends up testing positive for COVID. Right. So the lady says, well, you know, I want to bring him home. I mean, what's he doing in here? We've got the bed at home, everything. They wouldn't let him, let him out. Basically. And, right. cause they, they want the, the bonus. Well, on top of that, his, her, her mom had been in the same hospital because she broke her hip. Talk about a rough week for my friend. Uh, well, then they, they bring her to rehab. Now, even though she has everything at home, they have a, they have a, a living caretaker having for a long time. And now, but you, you can't get the same money from Medicare for rehab if you're at home. You gotta go into one right. of these facilities. So she goes in the facility and everything's kind of going fine. All of a sudden, the lady gets a call at like one in the morning. We've moved your mom to some other facility. Well, where is that? Like, like way the hell out. Okay, so drives out there. The place is nowhere near as nice. Uh, and says, "Why? I just want to bring her home." Oh no, you can't. She, we got to, we got to hold her for ten days because of the COVID protocol. She goes, "Well, I just heard on the way in, it's down to five days. Where are you getting the ten? Well, we haven't changed our policy yet. I'm going to say if, if you if you add it up, just as just one couple." The money that was the two or three extra days at the one hospital and the five days at this home instead of just sending a, a rehab nurse around our house every other day for an hour, which is probably all she needs. Cause she right. has, I mean, what do you, what do you suppose that number is? 25, 50 grand? Oh, Which it's is, huge. And you know, I mean, well, there's, there's a headline on Fox News this morning. Nearly half, this is nearly half of virus hospitalizations in Massachusetts are for something else. Yeah. Well, okay, and, and, so, and so here's the thing. You go into the hospital because you broke your hip, <laughs> okay? Well, you got in a car accident. And you said, this has nothing to do with a virus. They shove a swab up your nose, you're positive, bang, they get to get, they get the bonus. Well, only, but, but the weird part was, is, well, there's a lot of weird parts, is my friend said, I'm going from my dad's room to my mom's room, and everybody in the place has got it. There isn't, there's no barrier, no even shut door between the wing where everybody's got COVID allegedly and the wing that they don't. It's 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 like they don't even want to stop it there. Well, you know what, Chief? We knew within the first few months of this thing because I was tracking this data very closely when there were not a lot of cases, though it was fairly easy to see. You know, like when something started and then it blew up in everybody's face, right? There were only two vectors that mattered when it came to this virus. 
in terms of statistics. I mean, sure, there were people who got to do other things, but there were only two vectors that mattered. The first one was in households. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> right? The second one was healthcare. Yeah. And those are the only two places that people got, I mean, statistically speaking, I, I know, I know, you know, there's always going to be, a, well, you know, I got to work, or, you know, I went to a convention. Or, yeah, okay, I get that. That Yes, that did happen. It does happen. It still happens. But if you're looking at where does the where's the eighty percent of the problem come from? Where's the harm coming from? It's in households, which you can't do anything about because people live with other people. That's just the way it is, whether you like it or not. But you can do something about the healthcare situation. I I sit back in April of of twenty twenty. We ought to be doing this like we did with TB and sanitariums. Yeah, well, I I, I think I caught it in the hospital. Well, you know, I, I think uh, an awful lot of people caught it in the hospital. So, you know, the last place I want to go, if I haven't had it, I've had it, so I, you know, I'm not worried. If it, could I theoretically get it again? Yeah, is it likely to be something dangerous? No. And, and oh, by the way, the CDC, uh, I don't know if you caught this, but just in the last day or so, the CDC has finally come out and admitted that previously having the virus across two different cohorts, large ones, two cities, uh, is anywhere from three to five times as protective as having the vaccine. And if you had the virus and then got the shot, statistically that's worth nothing. Really? Yes, there was a small improvement, but statistically it's worth nothing. I, I, so, I, I've, been, I've been thinking that that's the truth all along, to be honest with you. Well, you know what? And this was through Delta, which was the nightmare version, Right. This was when Delta went through. This is all during that, you know, during that time through like October of this last year, um, from when that started there. And the really ugly part of this is that if you think about the timing on that, some of those infections, those previous infections, were more than a year old, and yet they were still protective. Yet nobody had a jab that was more than six months old, simply because more than six months time hadn't passed. Well, yeah, I think the same thing uh, Jeff introduced from. Uh somewhere in Europe that they thought it was somewhere six to 11 times more more uh, effective. And, and yeah, well, now the CDC has admitted it. And remember, we were all told if you had it, you still had to go get the, you know, the jabs yeah. because, it, you know, the, the, we don't, you know, we don't believe that you're, you're reasonably protected if you've already had it. Well, you know what? We've never done that for another virus in history. Measles, mumps, I, I don't care what it is. It's never been the case before. Why would anybody believe it is this time? I don't know. SP futures up. I'm sorry, down 24. Nasdaq futures up, down 131. We'll see the buy by the dippers come in today. We'll be right back. Stacks and jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. 
How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading options ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities Luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Station Jacks. I'm Tom He's Mr. Mayor Weber on the board. SP Futures down 2575. SP Futures down 135. Let's see where the dollar is here. The, uh, it was down like 140 a minute ago. Price still is. Uh, I don't see it being up, uh, today after the big move down. Uh, the only down 76, so let's come back some. Uh, over in Asia, we've got the, uh, Nikkei down 250, it's 0.9%. Shanghai down 32.9%. Hang Seng actually up 13, which is, uh, well, call it, it's still flat. Call that flat. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX down. Now, again, these guys uh, closed yesterday before we had the big sell-off, so they're catching up here. Down on DAX, down 334, 2.1%. FTSE down 91, 1.2%. CAC around down 141, that's a full 2%. So, whack, whack over there. A wave review yesterday after being up pretty heavy. Uh, S&P futures were up 60, they closed down 70. It's a 120-point move. Uh, turnaround during the day. 130, I think. Actually, 100, yeah. It was, 100, it's a, uh, it was, it was a bite of dipper nightmare. Let's put it that way, man. Uh, so Dow was down 313. S&P, the cash was down 50. The futures were down 70. NASDAQ was down 186 on the cash. The futures were down more like 250. So the futures were down more. Uh, bonds, 1.78. It's down 5.30 seconds. Uh, Bund, minus 0.3, seconds. So back underneath, zero, uh, minus 0.0. Uh, 0.06. 
Japan uh, pretty much unchanged at point uh, one three. We've got oil uh, is uh, down one twelve eighty four. Everything's down to eighty four forty three. Brent down one hundred nine eighty seven twenty nine. How natural gas up thirteen cents, but still can't make it back to four dollars. So at three ninety three. So it's trading so low, it's looking like up, Matty. How's that? Uh, our Bob down two cents two forty three. We've got gold. Down three ninety eighteen thirty eight, but still hanging in there pretty pretty far over eighteen hundred. Silver down seventeen cents twenty four fifty four. Uh, copper down four cents four fifty three. Probably the biggest news of this morning. Uh, Bitcoin down forty four hundred. That's over ten percent thirty eight thousand two forty four. Ask Carl's opinion on uh, these things when we when we come back uh, from sports weather and traffic. 37 minutes past the hour. Good morning once again to everyone out there. That earlier crash on the inbound Ike at uh, Independence is all clear, so that's good news. No uh, significant congestion resulting from that crash on I-290. Edens and Kennedy looking good. We're starting to see traffic building on the Stevenson, but no accidents to report. Same for the Southside Expressways. Uh, but we do have a crash down on the south side it, it's actually a metro train versus a car which is never good and we assume the train won that contest but it has monterey avenue uh, between ashland and i-57 closed uh, with crews on the scene because of that crash uh, between the uh, metro train and a vehicle everything else looking good out there weather today another uh, cold uh, january day uh, but a bit warmer than yesterday We'll reach a high of 26 degrees, uh, but it'll be mostly cloudy all day and could have some flurries. Not expecting any accumulation, but some snow flurries. Right now, it's mostly cloudy and 17, going up to an overcast high of 26. For our Phoenix listeners, sunshine with a high of 71 today. Right now, it's clear and 48. In sports, the Bulls were off last night. They're back in action tonight uh, up in Milwaukee to take on the Bucks. That's a 7 p.m. tip-off. Suns played last night. They beat the Mavericks 109-101. to in hockey, Hawks were off last night. They'll host the Minnesota Wild tonight at the UC. Uh, puck drops at 7.30. Coyotes were off as well. They're at the Islanders tonight for a 5.30 Arizona time start. Lastly, college hoops, number three, Arizona, blew out Stanford 85-57. Chief, the Bucks up there, up there a tough ticket to get, or can, can you go up there and grab They've one? always been a relatively easy ticket to get, except when the Bulls were in town, because they would have a big Chicago crowd. And I actually went to a game up there about uh, when Derrick Rose was playing, so you know, call it 10 years ago. Uh, and uh, it was sold out. And, uh, we had like the, literally like the last row, like the worst seats you could possibly have. And they were still kind of hard to get, but they just had a huge Chicago crowd. Now that the Bucks are really good, you know, they've obviously defending NBA champions, it's probably even harder. Um, but, uh, but it's a nice, nice arena and, uh, they have a small little strip of bars and restaurants right outside the arena, which is nice. And, um, you know, it's a short train ride up there, which I've I've done a few times. Well, can you make it from the train station to the arena? Well, you'd you'd have to. Uh, so I had a ride the last time I did it. So I took the Amtrak up there. It was about an hour and ten minutes, and uh, got picked. Got a, someone picked me up. But you could you could easily grab an Uber or a taxi. Um, I don't know if if there's a you know bus or shuttle or anything like that. Um, the. Uh Cause I, I was there. Oh, I saw. I saw. Um, didn't see them play, but I think uh, Marquette plays in the same place, right? They do, yeah. For especially for their big games. For the big games, uh, they have an on-campus gym that they'll do some of their smaller games. But yeah, they play their big games downtown. But the the old the old uh, place where the, where they both played that I saw I mean, years and years ago is that down or is it still up? Does somebody use that? 
I think it's down. I think they. Uh, I think the new arena is built on the same site. All right, um, Kyle. What do you, I've never. I don't think I've ever asked you before. What do you, what do you make of these? Uh, I, I, you know, all kinds of clients, and whenever there's other people that manage, you know, money in different uh, venues uh, in some of the places I do stuff for. But whenever it gets to the, the Bitcoin, I pretty much hang up the phone. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't get the whole thing. I, I think it's all a, a big, a big a mirage. But I don't really want to. There's people that have made money at it, and there's people that are know more about it than me. But um, are we are we talking about another uh, trillion three or a couple of trillion dollars worth of money that these things are going to fall apart, and we're going to have people with losses there? That I have a, a friend who does mortgage work, and uh, she did a second mortgage for a guy in his seventies, and his his intent was to take the entire proceeds of the second mortgage to uh, buy Bitcoin, and Bitcoin was about sixty-five thousand at the time. So I sure hope he didn't. But if he did, uh, yeah, that uh, that would hurt more than a little. Especially if he can't even take it off. Uh, I'm sure it's the only trade the guy ever made. So I, I, I wonder, Carl, as, as a person who, uh, you know, we get audited, you know, up and down all over the place, and everybody is very concerned about every tweet. I, well, I don't do any tweets, so they're concerned that it, that I do, so I don't. Uh, this in, entire, you know, uh, idea about registered people giving investment advice, and now the new thing this year with Finra is if somebody calls me and I, the person's not even a client, and they say, "What do you think about IBM?" And I, I don't know. It's been around forever. Looks like a pretty good company to me. But like a year from now, if IBM is down and the person didn't sell because they had conversation somehow, you know. I'm like, where, where, where are you guys going with this one? And yet, you turn on the TV, and all these people, all these government employees, all these heads of companies, are saying whatever they damn well please, whether it's whether it's total lies or fabrications or whatever. Everybody says whatever they want to talk their book, and yet they're they're going to worry about me on a phone call with a client or with somebody who's not even a client. I mean, how do how do how do people start pushing? Uh, you know, I, I just bought uh, Bitcoin. Therefore, you should buy it. It's going to a hundred thousand. God's sake! I mean, every every rule we've ever put together is supposed to prevent people from doing that. And I watch it all day long. And yet, if I ever came close to it, they'd be on me like like a ton of bricks. What is wrong well, with this? Well, take a well, take a look at Jim Cramer for crying out loud. Yeah, I I mean you know it, 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 and. It, it, well, of course, he's not the only one, you know, the entire show, right? I mean, that's, that's the entire point of CNBC is to parade people, often the CEOs of the companies. But, you know, I mean, you would think that anybody who actually knows anything about anything uh, would assume that you're only going to get the rosy view of the, you know, you're, you're only going to get the petal size of the ro- side of the rose, not the thorns, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, come on, that's uh, that, that's kind of obvious when it's the CEO of the firm that's on the show. But I, it just, I see stuff like this and it makes me crazy. I In in the housing area, here, like pretty much everywhere else, it's gone insane. Okay, we've we've got, there's, there's a place right up the, the street from me that I thought was somebody had bought the lot, put a house on it, and is going to live in it. And they just got done building it. Okay, so this was this was put up during the time of a hundred bucks a sheet for sheeting. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, yeah, that was quite a bit of your cost structure, okay? Nope, it's not. It's a spec. There's a for sale sign out in front of it. It's got a bid on it. And, uh, it, of course, they have all the pictures on Realtor and everything else. There's nothing special about this place, and it's 250 a foot. These people are crazy. There is no, there is no job market in this area that reliably pays $150,000 a year. Yeah, yeah. The whole, the whole, this, well, this is not a new argument. I mean, it was, but uh, let's put it this way. When your significant other is in real estate and she's exceptionally good at what she does, uh, and is, is fair to everybody. I mean, I really, I, I don't, I don't pay any, I don't ever give advice or anything like that in her business, but I watch and, and how much she helps people out. It's, and how many people she'll say, no, you don't, you can't pay this much for this place. You don't have enough money. I mean, how much of it is, I mean, she, she acts like she's, you know, uh, I mean, everybody for a short period of time she cares, I mean, has friends that she's had forever. I mean, she earned, and she earned them. But we had this discussion in 2007. You know how these discussions go. I ended up, yeah. with, I still have this piece of paper somewhere in here where they said in 2007 or 2008 that 85% of the population could not afford the median house. Right. And, and, and the numbers were, were, were just staring you right in the face. It basically said, if somebody, uh, if somebody gave you the down payment, now we're not talking about a two income family, but we can keep this simple. Uh, if somebody gave you the 20, 20% down, which is a big give, right? Because it's a nice little gift from somebody. Uh, and we're not, and if some, we're taking insurance and taxes. If somebody gave you the, the, the I'm going to say the, uh, at that time, at the peak, the median home got to what, 235, and then it dropped back down to like 150 afterward, right? Where everybody was in trouble. But it was probably 235 in 2007 and 8. And it probably took till almost two years ago to go through that number. Right now it's like three something. Well, right. if you took the twenty percent and you said, uh, and I still, I should, I should have dragged it out for if I could find it, uh, that you needed to make eighty-five grand a year to plop your fanny in that house and be able to, to handle the insurance, the uh, uh, you know, the taxes and the, and the mortgage. Right, the mortgage rates were higher. Okay, so I, I get, and then it, the, the then the rest of the, the article was. Who makes eighty-five grand a year? And in, in, in two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, that was the top fifteen percent of the population. You know, the average is huge because there's people making God knows what. But they they went through and said if you if you worked in anywhere in a food service business, you made twenty to twenty-two. Okay, that's not eighty-five. If you were just a reg, whatever a regular person in a cubicle downtown, I don't even know what they meant by that. But if you're working for you know, Sears and, and doing your catalog pages or whatever. I mean, it's a, it's a, you got a real job and you're taking the L to work and so far as you're making 40 to 45. And if you were in a bank or in a hospital, not a doctor, but somebody in the testing area or somebody maybe in the office or whatever, you're making 65, 70. So nobody, virtually nobody was, 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 was making the number. Now, you know, if your wife or husband worked, I mean, you can get there. I, I understand that. But if, if, if it's just you, it was fifteen percent of the population could afford fifty percent of the houses, and and, and we've we've got to be there again. Oh, we're we're in worse shape than that. Yeah. But here's the here's the thing that I've, I've been trying to point out, and of course nobody wants to hear it because happy days are here again, and the band is playing, and you know, and everybody's drinking from the punch bowl, and everyone's having a good time. Um, everyone says the Fed cannot raise rates because it will instantly blow up the Treasury's balance sheet with interest expense. 
And by the way, Treasury has been doing a really stupid thing over the last three or four years. They've been rolling down on duration, which is about as dumb as it gets when you've got long-term rates as low as they are right now. Right? What they're doing is a cash management tool to to get the you know get the interest expense down. It's about 150 billion for the first three months of the year so far. So that's about 600 billion a year. Um, <laughs> the the problem with that is is that if Congress keeps doing what they've been doing over the last two years, which is basically showering credit all over everybody who asked, then once that gets out of the asset markets out of houses and out of stocks and gets into ordinary Joe and Jane prices. Cars, groceries, gasoline. Uh, gee, you know, we didn't do anything uh, intelligent with that. We're shutting down Keystone, right? Which which hasn't changed the supply-demand balance on oil. Um, it, it, you know, you take all of these things and you put them together. I don't care what people think the Fed will do. The Fed knows what happens if this thing blows up in their face. And what you lose is civil society, maybe our government entirely, our entire form of government, and quite possibly you get a civil war or a revolution out of it, and they're not going to let that happen. And if they have to chop if they, if they have to chop things off at the knees with liquidity, they're going to do it. And if it's the only way to stop that, they're going to do it. And what happens when they do that? Well, the only place you can get that money out of the budget the only place, and if you if you look at the MTS, it's right there because that's you know that's basically the check register. Where's all the money go, right? You look at the MTS. The only place that's coming out of is Medicare and Medicaid. It's well, you, you have to you you have to go down the line here, Carl, and uh, and you you have to stop this. I mean, the, the, what I described earlier, just those couple people I know. You have to say that that's being that that's going on a million times a day in this country. You, I know, but you know what? Everybody loves to to talk about you know how how Biden is such a you know what, and and Trump was a savior, and he was you know he was he was white Jesus uh, right after black Jesus, right? Well, you know what? Trump ran a, a trillion dollar deficit. He ran a twenty five percent structural deficit during one of the best economic environments we've ever right. had in this country. What kind of stupid individual does that? Every every I minute mean, you hear these arguments right and left. Uh, every president since Bush has doubled. The debt when he was in office, right? Right. Which you know what? It, and it's it's like everything else. Borrow, you know. Hey, listen. I just got this new credit card in the mail. It's got twenty thousand dollar line on it. Man, I am doing so great. Let's let's go to the bar. Let's get some hookers and blow. Let's have a great time. Yeah. Well. By the way, do hookers take credit cards? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you'd have to go to the ATM first, huh? <laughs> 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 anyway, the, but yeah, I mean, what, what we when you when you lose your principle, here's my concern with the with the Fed is is this whole concept that they are in control. Every time I hear that, I, I, I you know I like shake. I mean, they they're in control to a point, and the the control could be uh, what is now spinning out of control. They can keep a lid on. Well, they didn't do this in the '60s and '70s and '80s, uh, because even they they had a conscience back then. They have none now. They there was only a certain amount they would put in the economy, and once they realized they were going over the top, they didn't say, "Well, if we if we just dump like another trillion in right now, we can we can we can we can go even more," you know, type of thing. Uh, they can't keep putting another trillion in just to get to the same spot because next year it's a trillion and a half. Because someplace, somewhere, 
the, the trade is just so horrible, Carl. I could never put your dad's money in a 10-year note at, at 1.8% if I know the inflation rate's 10. I mean, right. I mean, I, I couldn't charge anybody to do that, by the way, nor, nor would I ever have the morals to do that. And that's what they're asking people to do. Now, there are, there are parts of the population, when I say that, your, your state governments that are, are legally, uh, bound to buy federal paper. A lot of insurance companies just are going to buy it because they have to or it's in their charter. Um, you know, so there, it's not like there's, there's no natural buyers of 10 year paper. There is. Uh, and when they, whenever they do, they must hold their nose, I gotta believe. Because it, but at some point, even though we are the reserve currency, you're gonna turn in to Weimar, Argentina, Iran, Turkey, you name it. I mean, I mean, the, I mean, this idea that nobody ever on TV puts two and two together, except they'll get some old guy on there once in a while and he'll say, there's too much money in the system. I mean, the, the money supply is up 38% in the last, since all COVID started. Well, right, you and you know, but you know what the problem with all of this is, is that people say, well, they can never take it back out, and therefore they won't. Well, you're, all the people that are saying that, they're wrong. Right. I have a question for you, and this is a, um, you know, how much of a, a, a sleazy conspiracy theorist that I've, I've turned into. Uh, we have a Fed chairman who decided not to give anybody any money supply numbers. The last money supply number that a, a bump like me can get is from November 21st. And here we are, January 20th. They used to do this every week. You got it on Thursday from the Friday before. So they've elected to not give any of those numbers to me. Now, maybe you can find it. My question to you is, I refuse to believe that everybody who used to produce those numbers all got fired. Matter of fact, I know they haven't. Somebody's still doing them, Carl. Who's still getting them? Somebody is. Well, I don't know, but I'll tell you, there's, yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously it's still there. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the, the things that I keep hearing from people all the time, and it's, it's, it's been a kind of a cacophony since I, I first started getting involved in doing financial things is, you know, we ought to, well, the Fed is, you know, is an illegitimate institution. So I'm like, you do realize that somebody has to clear all the transactions between banks. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, and, and oh, by the way, that it better be a 100% accurate process because if you can manage to rip off very small, tiny percentages in that, in that flow chain, oh boy. <laughs> I mean. Well, you know that I, that I, well, some of my best buddies are, work for the Fed. Well, I haven't seen them in two years because they've worked for home, but that's another issue. Uh, but, right. but I mean, 90, 90 to 95% of what the Fed does, I don't know what we do without them in terms of, of uh, international clearing, making sure that every single uh, foreign currency transaction clears at the exact same second so no bank can go out in the meantime. All the stuff these people do on a day-to-day basis, we, we absolutely could not live without. So when somebody in Congress says we should get rid of the Fed, maybe you can get rid of the top five idiots, but, but you sure as hell can't get rid of the Fed. I mean, I mean, the place would fall apart in a day, wouldn't it, if we were out those guys? Well, yeah, you couldn't balance. I mean, you know, it's, it's the old thing. Well, there isn't one bank. There's a bank on every corner, and they're all different. Yeah. All right. You borrow money from bank one, and the guy that you you give it to to buy whatever you buy, he puts it in bank two. Well, uh, that <laughs> how how does that all get balanced back out? And and the answer is the Federal Reserve. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, how do you? How does that check cl- the Federal Reserve? All right? I mean, all these things. This, this stuff. People don't understand the machinery. It is not ninety-nine percent of what the Fed does is not this meeting that gets announced. You know, when they when they have their little thing on interest rates. But I think that the 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 astounding ingraining that we have allowed to happen with regards to finance and interest rates and money supply and things like this over the last 20, 30 years is an awful lot like what we've allowed to happen in the medical industry. They're both the same thing. People, uh, people are in this concept of, well, this is how it's been for, you know, my entire, uh, you know, adult life that I recall because I'm 40 years old. And uh, it's never going to be different than that. Well, the idea that you can have somebody bear, I guess, uh, what was the last? I was watching the show last night, uh, and it wasn't you. You withheld. It was, it was Captain Picard when the one when the one kid right said, you know, Wesley says, "Well, we we told this." He goes, "He goes, you withheld the truth. That's the same as a lie." Right now, does anybody today believe that? I do. Well, I do, but you know what? Most people these days don't. No, and uh, yeah, the the there was there was an article in the BMJ. A, a very prestigious medical journal that just showed up from one of their chief editors who said one of the biggest problems we have in medicine right now is that the drug companies run all the trials, they submit the results, but nobody releases the actual data. And therefore, if you don't, if, if you want to fact check what they said they found, you can't do it. It's not possible because the actual data is not released until five years, ten years later, and sometimes never. Well, we probably That's how we ended up with Vioxx, and it's, it's what we're doing now with this other stuff. But you know what? We do the same thing with the Fed. This is never going to change. This interest rate environment is never going to change. We're going to spend $6 trillion this year, and it's fine. Next year we'll make it 7 because we need to keep it in. Uh, excuse me. What, have you been to the grocery store lately? Right. Well, all right, bud, we got a dash. Hey, good stuff. See you next week. Have a nice weekend. Uh, do you have a do you have a team you're concerned about here? Are you are you a Tennessee Titan fan now? Well, you know, I I just like a good game, so I that's you know I hope I see some good games. There should be. Now, this is where Matty Weber is supposed to say I have three tickets or four tickets for a skybox in, out in Green Bay, but no, he doesn't. Uh, even in the skybox, <laughs> it's it's too cold to go up to Green Bay. Plus, he'd probably take his buddies, not us. You know, what can I tell you? It's pretty nasty here right now, to be honest. So. Yeah, well, it's cool here, but at least no wind this morning. So this morning, it felt balmy because there was no wind. SP Futures down 22, Nasdaq Futures down 124. Back on Monday, Stocks and Jacks. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.